0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Baggies broadcast, season two, episode twenty. My name is Luke Hatfield. I'm hosting today, and uh, we're joined by a man who I think will be happy. We'll, we'll be happy enough with with a two all result against Aston Villa. No, 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 no jibes between either of us, Mister Matt Wilson.
1: Yeah, happy with that. Absolutely fine, um, considering the nature it came about in the end, yeah. which I'm sure we'll get on onto. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, before the game, if you'd if you'd offered me a two-two, I would have I probably would have taken it.
0: Yeah, I'm probably in the same boat with you there. Um, another weekend off though, Matt. Uh, enjoy your weekend.
1: I did, yes, thank you very much. There was a nice little Victorian um, fair going on in our town, so ah. took the kids down there, took them on the uh, on the uh, teacups and the big wheel, and yeah, it was good.
0: Oh, more exciting than my weekend, mate. Anyway, let's jump straight into Albion two Villa two. As we said. Um, before the game, I think if you offered Villa and Albion fans a point, they probably would have taken it, um, and that's what they ended up getting, albeit in slightly fortuitous fashion, considering the uh, the, the late equaliser for Mr J Rodriguez.
1: Yeah, I mean it should never have stood. I think everyone knows that. Um, you know, there's some um, there is some debate about the law, the handball law. I think it's quite a um, vague law anyway. Um, people claiming, well, if it's not deliberate, then it's not handball. I'm not entirely sure that's the law anyway, mm. but even if it is, um, my reason of it is the fact that the ball's not going in, it hits his hand and it goes in. So yeah. in in that situation, that's handball. Um, I think if you deviate, um, it's like when you have a shot and if it hits a defender's arm and it's going in, um, even if it's accidental, that is a handball, that's a penalty because yeah. you're stopping a goal-scoring opportunity and in this case, you are creating a goal which shouldn't have um, stood. I mean... It's not just one handball either. It's uh, I think it was maybe two, maybe three, because <laughs> he sort of controls it with his left, then hits it with his right, and then hits it with his right again. Um, Good combination. A wasn't great it? combination, you know. It's something Tyson Fury would be would be jealous of. But um, in in all seriousness, I I'm going to take J J Rodriguez at his word. I, I believe um, he was just he was just trying to wing the ball. Um, his arm appears to move towards it. It's not concrete so um you, you know when you fall over that way you naturally put your arms out in front yeah. of you don't you I mean you're not yeah when yeah. I mean, you're falling head first you're not going to leave your arms by the, by the side of your um waist are you so no, of course not i'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt things look often look a lot um more deliberate in slow-mo than they do yeah, in real time yeah. and look it it's gone in it should never have stood it did stand um and Albin got away with one really Um, I thought it was quite an even game I thought a point was probably just about a fair result although I wouldn't have begrudged Villa winning it because they had plenty of chances you remember McGinn hit the post Mm -hmm. there was also a penalty shout in the first half which everyone seems to have forgotten about between McGinn and and Gareth Barry Um, and then obviously that Abraham sitter uh, in the second half when Hagazi went wandering off for some reason Um, they really should have put the game to bed Um, that being said have had their own chances. You know, the Dwight Gale header just after half time could have taken the lead there. Yeah, and um, they played well in, it in patches as well. So, cracking game. Um, I thought it, it displayed both teams' flaws and both teams' strengths quite well. Um, really enjoyable fair, and I suppose at the end of the end of it, two two is a, is a fair result. Although I'm sure everyone of a claret and blue persuasion will be absolutely fuming.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, being a Villa fan myself and having seen the. The, Jay, the the Hand of Rod, shall we, which uh, you aptly dubbed it. Um, for me, I kind of take J-Rod by his word as well. I mean, I know a lot of the fans after the game didn't uh, speak into the Villa fans um, for, for our post-match video. But on the whole of it, when you see him going down, I mean, I think you can tell by his reaction is probably the best the best way to take it is... He's got his head in the turf for a good second or so before actually getting up and celebrating.
1: He knows it's hit his hand. Um, and for those people that are saying, oh, well, he should be he should be getting up and saying, oh, no, that hit my hand. I apologise oh, for that. come on. I mean, when, seriously, when was the last time you saw a striker do that? Um, I can think of maybe one or two occasions. Paolo Di Canio did it once. I think yeah, it when he that. grabbed the ball with the goalkeeper yeah. injured. But that wasn't the last minute of a derby. Yeah, um, between two promotion um, candidates going for the same prize, I'm, no it's, it's players all, admitting it's that. It's all very well to do it, you know, at the end of the season when there's nothing riding on it. And but I'm I'm sorry, I do, I can't see any striker or any player doing that. Um, you know, these things go against you sometimes, and sometimes they go for you. Think yeah. about um, Ayala's goal for Middlesbrough at, um, up at the Riverside. That yeah. was handball. Yeah. That should never have stood. Um, but it did, and Albion lost that game one nil. And you know they should they should have got a point from that. So they've gained a point this time from a handball, but they lost a point against Middlesbrough. Um, you know there are other occasions down down the years, even against Villa. I think there was one. Alan Hutton cleared the ball off the line with his hand. So
0: yeah, that, and let's not forget. I mean, Alan Hutt could have been sent off in a couple of previous West Brom derbies as well.
1: Exactly. I mean, th- these things happen. Um, is it should it have stood? No. Is it is it awful for Villa? Yes um but I'm sure they'll, they'll they'll get a couple of decisions to get uh, for them um, as the season wears on um and I think the overriding um my well my overriding feeling from from the game was was more that if these two teams um fix their problems in January then, They've got a great chance of going up. Yeah,
0: that's it. Two teams who were certainly, I mean, going forward, I mean, terrifying for any defence. The the big questions are at the back. Um, I mean, it was a great derby atmosphere as well, I think, which um, is worth mentioning because the fans, I mean, the, the Villa fans packed it out. The West Brom fans were incredibly loud as well. I thought when Villa were in a dominant position at 2-1 up, I thought the Albion fans could have kind of, Gone quiet, but they didn't. To be fair to them, they stuck with the team, and you know it's um it's worth mentioning that.
1: That's a good point, yeah. Um, now I cast my mind back. I I I think you're right there. Uh, that two one, they were wooing the team on, roaring the team on, and Darren Moore made an interesting um admission afterwards, saying, you know, when at two one, I could hear the players on the sideline when we, they came over for a drinks break, saying, "Come on, the goals coming, the goals coming." So mm-hmm. they kept believing as well. And it's good to have that mental strength. It's important because, um, you know, there have been, there's been times this season when Albion have conceded late on. So for them to score late on is, is good for them. Um, and yeah, it seemed. I mean, it seemed to me like the whole day was sort of, um, or the whole evening was sort of carried out in the right in the right um, atmosphere, you know. Yeah. I didn't see, I mean, I saw one or two people get ejected, but I didn't see too much. Um, I didn't see it spill over too much, you know. Mm. Um, there were some reports of a, Although maybe a few unseemly moments at the train station, but nothing too serious as, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, um, I'm not saying that there wasn't, but um, you know, it seemed to be a good atmosphere, just the right side of, of um, what's the word I'm looking for, just the right side of the line, I suppose. Yeah, um, both fans played their part, but like you said, the Albion fans were brilliant, and it's it's great to see the Hawthorns like that. It's great to see the Hawthorns sold out um, every. Every seat, um, field. It's great to see the fans in such fine voice. Um, to be fair, they've been in fine voice all season, and particularly at home. Um, but um, no, it was just, it was just a good atmosphere, and I think we've missed these derby days because it's been, I mean, it's almost three years since the last played Villa, as we said on the last podcast. It's been nearly seven years now since they play Wolves, so I'm glad they're back. Um, football's Football is just more fun and better with them.
0: Yeah, got another one to look forward to as well. And as we said in the last one, it's nice. It was nice under the lights as well. I think um, really did really does help the atmosphere, doesn't it? When you've got the floodlights down and you know you've got two sets of fans who, as you said, tread tre- tread along the line on the right side.
1: Yeah, and also when you've got uh, a spectacle on the pitch. I mean, you think about the last game between these two teams; it was nil nil. Yeah, it was a bit of a drab affair. But this game was. Um, Pulsating really end to end. I thought it really ebbed and flowed and swayed back and forth. I thought um after Villa scored, I thought Albion responded brilliantly. Yeah. Um and you know, obviously got the equaliser, but then after Albion got the equaliser, I thought Villa were brilliant. I mean, mm. you know, they cracked the post from with McGinn. Um it was almost as if it was almost like two heavyweights um knocking each other um and the other one getting back up off the canvas. It's brilliant. I, I really enjoyed it. Um mm. I think Villa might come away slightly more pleased. Just because they've gone to the Hawthorns and, and they probably should have won the game. Yeah, um, I think there's work to do for Albion at the moment. They sort of seem to me like a a team that finishes third or fourth mm. at the moment. Um, the top two are, st- are starting to put a bit of gap, bit, a bit of clear air in between them and the rest of the rest of the chasing pack. Now, I'm not entirely sure that 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 they're both going to stay the course, but. Um, you know, people said that about Cardiff last season, so mm. um, I wouldn't be surprised uh, that you know Norwich look like a, a, a quite a balanced team, to be fair. Um, and and Leeds, where they've got a, a, you know, a very well-oiled superstar manager there, who, who who's got a lot of experience to draw upon. So it'd be really interesting to see how the, how the season wears out. I mean, at the moment, I think Albion this, this inability to keep a clean sheet is costing them. I think if they can fix that, they've got a great chance of going up automatically. But if they don't, um, I to me they just they they just seem like a third or a fourth place uh, team at the moment. Mm. Um, but look, we'll, we'll learn even more on Friday night when they go to Sheffield United, who of course I think are third now.
0: Yeah, that's it. Another big game on the horizon for Albion. Um, Dwight Gale. I mean. Didn't see a whole lot of him through the game. I don't think. Didn't really get on the ball too much, but he still had a big part to play, didn't he? Getting that goal.
1: Yeah, he did. And also, I think his off the ball work was exemplary. I mean, he looked up for it from minute one. He was chasing mm. down, and, you know, almost lost causes. I mean, even I, one person I was very impressed with was Twan Zabi. Actually, I thought he he looks very good on the ball. Yeah, I think you've got a good player there. Um, but Gail, you know, Gail was relentless with his running, and he deserved his goal for that for that off the ball mm. work. I thought that was fantastic from him. Um, lovely clipped ball from Harvey Barnes that's that's something we haven't seen too much of him I mean he has he's got quite a few assists but we haven't seen too much of that creative spark in the sense that he's normally he's normally producing solo moments and and scoring goals and and being clinical in front of goal that actually I've not I mean maybe I might be wrong but I'm not I don't remember seeing him put a cross in like that before really that's led to a goal Um, but yeah fantastic lofted ball from him uh just another clinical counter-attack from Albion and that's what they're good at um, springing those counter-attacks and when you've got Gail Phillips uh, and uh, Barnes flooding forwards and, and Rodriguez too um, yeah you, you're going to get goals like that so cracking goal that was mm-hmm. um, and um, you know we should also say that, that um, El Ghazi's first goal I mean El Ghazi was man of the match by a clear distance really. yeah. I thought I thought it was fantastic but El Ghazi's first goal did owe a lot to luck as well double, yeah. double deflection wrong foot Sam Johnston you know, it's, that's one that's like, well, do you do you think Hagazi can can react quicker? I don't know. I
0: thought you always think it's a bit hard because
1: it flicks off Livermore's leg as well. Yeah, it's, it's a bit difficult. So it's a
0: hard one for him because Hagazi, you know, he's he's doing his utmost to try and stop a goal obviously happening. He doesn't know a whole lot about it. Um, and if the shot, if the shot, if the shot goes through and doesn't clip anyone, I think Johnston just smothers it. I think it's it's an easy one for Sam Johnston. Um, but it's one of those things that just happens as you said you know what goes around comes around
1: well if you don't if you don't buy a ticket you know you don't win the lottery do you I mean that's that's the old cliche and mm. I, I thought I was a bit disappointed that Album didn't have more long shots at Nyland I mean he barely had the save to make and um, you know he's obviously shaky he's obviously low on confidence they should have had a few more pot shots I've, I personally felt now yeah. maybe you put that down to, to Villa's defending or or you know the, the way that Villa played, sort of marshaling them into areas where they couldn't. Fair enough, but I'd I really like that to have seen, um, like to have seen them test him a little bit more.
0: Yeah, a good opportunity would have been just before half time and Matt Phillips balloons that free kick. I mean, it was, it wasn't the greatest free kick, but it seemed like a perfect opportunity to stick it on Ireland.
1: Just exactly, just hang it in there. He, you know, get Dawson and Gazi to to jump, run and jump, and he's not gonna. I wouldn't have backed Nyland in that, to be honest, um, against. Higazi and Dawson but mm. there we go um, I think come away with a point the unbeaten runs for both teams but particularly for Albion stretches on to five games at happy days and um, you know it, it, I think if you can keep that confidence level up and keep those mental that mental resolve up then you, you'll be doing okay
0: That's it and I think uh, it's fair to say that it's a good point for both sides because I mentioned this in the post-match video but Villa going to Albion you'd be happy with the point considering the way Albion Play at home and equally, Villa's form, Albion will be happy with the point as well, I think.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. And for me, the interest, well, not the interest, but a little update on um, how many goals West Brom have scored. So it's now 44 goals. Yeah. Which is more goals um than their complete league tally in each of their last five seasons.
0: It's quite a start before christmas isn't it?
1: Uh yeah, we're less than halfway through the season and they've got more goals in each of their last five seasons. So there's certainly entertainment value um down the Hawthorns this season I think 73 goals they in their games yeah. all, all combined. I mean yeah, I mean, it, it's it's it. in some ways, I mean, I know, obviously, you'd rather be top of the league, but in some ways, it's the perfect tonic to what has gone before. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's exciting, if nothing else.
0: Certainly is. Uh, and one man worth mentioning as well, Gareth Barry. Um, rolled back the years, really, against his, his former side, especially first 60, 70 minutes. I mean, he was phenomenal, wasn't he? I thought he played really well.
1: I thought he started the games really, really well, considering he's, he hasn't played for about... Six or seven weeks. I sorry, hasn't started a game for six or seven weeks. I mm. thought it was, I thought it was a, a masterclass in that first half. He lost his legs sort of towards the end. Yeah. Wondered if he could have been subbed off, um, but I suppose maybe when, you, when when a player's playing that well, you, you leave him on. I mean, he's, he was so calm and composed on the ball, always looking forward, playing those raking balls forward. I don't. I mean, I don't remember many of them. Oh, any of them not not reaching their destination. Just really tidy at the base of midfield. Um, I liked I liked that performance from him. Um, it was a good one because I, I was concerned about about Morrison's um, about missing Morrison. Obviously, he's got a, got a little bit of muscle soreness. Mm. Uh, will be assessed before the Friday game because he's been a real crucial part to this recent form, and he's really impressed me with his fitness as well the last few weeks. Um, and I was concerned about the lack of legs in there. Mm. When you've got obviously you've got Phillips's dynamic, but you've got Livermore, who is fit but not fast, and you've yeah. got um, you know he's a bit of a tank, and then you've got Barry, who's obviously 37, um, which speaks for itself. I think you know if they are going to get somebody in January, I think a dynamic midfield box to box presence would be good. Um, I thought Villa grew into the game, particularly midfield in the second half. John McGinn started to take over a little bit. Yeah, um, he looks like a good player, and Albin sort of missed that now. You could also put it down to the fact that Villa had two extra days to prepare. Yeah, and I thought Albion sort of ran out of steam a little bit, um, and a 37-year-old midfielder is going to run out of steam, I suppose. Um, but I thought Barry, yeah, he's, he he looks good for 60, 70 minutes, certainly. Um, I just wonder if after that you have to maybe bring him off, and and it might even be put Morrison on, or it might I don't know, it might even put be um, put Brunts on because I thought Brunt did, did okay, yeah, uh, off the bench as well. So. Um, maybe something to look at for the future.
0: Yeah, you could tell as well. He didn't get caught up in the derby atmosphere, which is something that you know is of a risk to other players. I mean, both both sides. I mean, you saw a couple of overhit passes, but Gareth Barry was never guilty of that because, I mean, he's been there and done it, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, it was like you say. He's he was a real cool, calm head in that game, um, particularly first half. I thought he was fantastic. Um, so yeah. We wait and see what if Morrison's fit for Friday. It's a bit of a dilemma for for Darren Moore because you can't really drop Barry after that performance. Mm. I would argue. Um, So what I mean, but if you play the thing is if you play Barry at the base of midfield, you could leave Livermore out and 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 bring in Morrison a bit further forward. A midfield three of Morrison, Phillips, and Barry would would be quite good, I would say. Um, But Livermore's been good this season, and he's been a bit of a mainstay as well. And and sometimes it is important to have. Those players that play week in week out to mm. give you that um, stability. Um, sometimes, t- even taking a player out, even though it looks on paper like the right idea, sometimes it does actually just alter the alter the sort of dynamics of the squad and, and the team a little bit. So um, yeah, we'll wait and see. Um, you might and you might miss a bit of industry in there, a bit of bite in the tackle. I don't know if you take Livermore out. So, but it would be something that I would be considering if I was Darren Moore. Mm. Is there anyone else you think you? would Pick out for a bit of praise. Uh, I think we've already mentioned him, but Gale because he got the goal. Yeah, um, it's just good to have him back. I've he's he's a classy finisher, and it was a really really tidy finish. Just guides it into the bottom corner. Mm. Lovely stuff. Um, I thought Higars did a bit of a shaky game. If I'm being brutally honest, I thought a couple of couple of occasions. I mean, the, the Abraham sitter. I don't know what he's doing running over. Um, yeah. I mean, arguably he's covering, but yeah, I, I just didn't think it had a great game. Um, but no, for me the the pick the pick of the bunch really was Barry.
0: Mm. Right, let's play a little bit of hot or not. Um, first one, hot. Uh, J Rod, um, fortunate but deserving of his luck, I think.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, to be honest, I don't really remember him doing too much in the game um, myself. But he's got he's reached double figures now for the season, so. We're less than halfway through the season, and him and Dick Gall are both on ten. So hopefully they can both reach twenty. Um, and if he reaches twenty, he's had a good season, hasn't he? Um, you know, I think Rodriguez does a lot of the unseen work, maybe off the mm. ball. Um, doesn't, doesn't not everything he tries always, doesn't always come off. But I think his work rate is is pretty exemplary, and. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if anybody if Burnley rekindle their, their, their efforts to get him in January or whether they or whether he, he stayed I I imagine that Albion will, will not want to sell because um yeah, I mean I, do, I just don't see how why they would want to. How
0: do you replace him as well in January? You're gonna be spending a fortune, aren't you?
1: It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I'm not saying Rodriguez is the perfect uh striker by any stretch, but to get a player of his calibre and also you know he's he's got he's got ten goals already. I mean, if you, if you want someone who's going to get you ten goals the second half of the season, I guarantee it's going to be quite difficult. So, yeah, I I imagine they'll try and hold on to him.
0: Mm. You already took away one of my knots in terms of uh, Ahmed Hagazi um, Another one though, injuries. How Robson, Carnie, and Morrison both missed out. Um, what's the deal with them? Are they going to be
1: back soon? Robson's got a uh, sore muscle. He was removed from a, as a precautionary. And How Robson Carney's obviously jarred his knee against Brentford, so mm. they'll be assessed before Friday. I don't have an update on either of them at the moment. Um, it's probably too too soon in the week, but uh, we'll find out more later on in the week.
0: Yeah, and another heart we mentioned Dwight Gale as well. Back in the eleven, that decision was kind of almost forced on more given How Robson Carney being out. But as you said, it is good to see him back in eleven and back scoring goals, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's a predator. And I think you, you want him on the pitch. I, I completely understand why, why Darren Moore kept faith in Robson Carney for a number of reasons. A, he played so well uh, against Leeds and he gave them another physical dimension um, that shouldn't be discounted um, with his back to goal. Um, and. You know, he scored that all important goal against Leeds, which really kick started this little run of, of momentum. So um, I can understand why I kept faith in Robson carno It also doesn't send a great message to the rest of the squad. If you if a player plays really well and then you drop him, I mean, you have to mm. think about the di- dynamics of and the cohesion and the competitiveness of your changing room. I mean, you know, bowler counts, Dwight Gale responded admirably, worked his socks off to try and get back on the team. He's, he's, he was given a chance and he took it. And mm. now he'll be back on I think even if Robson carno is fit, for Friday, I think you can't drop Gale after that goal and after that performance, so I think you, you leave Gale in. Yeah, and the
0: last not, um doesn't get any easier for Albion, does it, with a tough trip to Sheffield United uh, yet again
1: on a Friday night? No, it's tough. Um, they've been a bit wobbly recently, but I think they won at the weekend. I haven't done my research yet, but I think they didn't at the weekend. So, um, Tony Mowbray, when we saw him um, when Blackburn came to the Hawthorns, he said Sheffield United were for him the standout team in the division. Now, mm. obviously. It, Blackburn beat Leeds and I think Sheffield United beat Blackburn so you know, it depends on the team that you're playing how they, how they play on the day Yeah. Uh, so I'll take that with a slight pinch of salt but it is certainly high praise um, and I think they play quite a, a unique style uh, with three at the back and, and a lot of overlaps so um, it'll be interesting to see how Albion line up against them I would suggest if they're going to play three at the back a four three three 3 and, and press high would be would be how I how I would go mm. um, continue with that 4 3 because I think it is working in the main part um, but Sheffield United seem from what I've seen of them I've only seen a couple of televised games but they seem to be capable of passing it out from the back and if they can pass through the press and get you know beyond Albion's front three and the midfield three then you never know um, it's going to be really tough it's away from home it's Friday night it's under the lights again so um they should be getting used to these friday night games to be fair yeah but, uh yeah I, I, if if Albion can win this it's a big statement win because it's third v fifth or third v fourth or something so mm. um away from home if they can get a victory it'll be a, a big statement of intent um and and keeps the unbeaten run going but it's not going to be easy by any stretch
0: yeah and you mentioned three at the back there which if United play we did see that from albion as well late on against Villa. Um, did we <laughs> did we I, I believe it was three at the back at one point I,
1: honestly I had um, 800 words on the whistle and so I was I was heading my laptop It's quite it was quite difficult because yeah. especially when J-Rod scored and um, yeah uh, it was a complete rewrite and mm. um either, I, I actually had a lovely little match report but there we go um, it yeah it was I didn't see too much of what of the last sort of five minutes to be honest I saw the corner after the goal, but that was about it. Really.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's when you were you were you were too engrossed. You thought oh, there could be a winner. But here. it
1: sounds to me like they did that. Oh, is that when they sent Burke on for Ribeiro? yes right. Okay, it sounds so that that is just basically getting another attack on the pitch. Let's mm. come on, let's go and let's go for it. Cause we need to get we need to get a goal because we're behind. But um, I I would be surprised they're lined up with a back three against Sheffield United. But you never know, they might match them. Um, but I would I would I would err on the side of a four three
0: three. I'd probably agree with you there. Um, Right, let's talk about another free agent. I mean, what would you want for your birthday, Matt? How about 45 minutes for the West Brom under-23s? I'd love that, to be honest. It'd be decent, wouldn't it? That'd be brilliant.
1: Centre-back, win a few headers, a few knockdowns. Um,
0: Potential for a deal.
1: Yeah, so Greg Halford, who is a free agent who was released by Cardiff in the summer, has played 45 minutes for the under-23s on Saturday at the training ground. Mm. Um, now, he was officially down as a trialist um, on the team sheet, and... Um, which I suppose, if you—that means he's on trial. Yeah. From what I gather, he is in very much the same way that Kieran Richardson, Nigel Rio, Coco, and Martin Craney were in the summer. He is training and playing with Albion to keep himself fit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, if he impresses, then they'll look at it, and or maybe we should maybe we should have a look at him and and hand him a deal. Um, I'd be surprised if he got offered one though. Mm. Um,
0: I think so close to January as well. Yeah, I,
1: I don't. I don't think he. I don't think he'll. I mean, unless he. I didn't see the game. Um, but if unless he was absolutely fantastic, um, but I, I would be surprised if he if if he if he got offered of one. I, I also think that there's a, a big question mark about the three free agents that Alvin have picked up already. I mean, yeah, Tyro Mears. I think he was. I think he was a he was a bit unfortunate because of he was asked to be playing wing back I think he'd look a lot more solid in this in this system as 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 an orthodox right back Um, I think he did okay I think he did a lot better than perhaps um, people give him credit for I don't think he's he's not good enough to start um, but he did a job he filled in Um, he was functional Um, he's obviously wasn't as as good as Phillips Um, I think that's why they got him though they needed a backup. Yeah. he came in he did a job well, but I think you can probably find a better backup. I would, I would wager well I would hope anyway mm. and I imagine that they'll be looking at right backs in January they need a specialist right back really anyway um, but Wes Houlihan and Bakri Sako have barely played yeah and um, Houlihan Houlihan's looked okay when he's come on apart from uh, one game he had a bit of a shocker I can't remember which one it was anyway um, but part, he looked okay Sako's looked very off the pace and yeah. neither, neither of them have really, really had an impact so well it d- depends which way you look at it you can either look at it and think okay they're just there as a safety net in case we get injuries, injuries in case um, you know Hulham was, was basically back up for Barnes Sacco's just another option up front um, or on the wing um, they're short term deals they're free it's not going to cost too much mm. essentially just paying them wages and I doubt Saka might be on a bit but Mears will be on absolute peanuts and um, or comparatively anyway and Hulahan, he he probably won't be on loads because he was released so yeah um, so you could look at it like that and okay it's, it's, it's just a safety net or you could look at it well if they're not playing if they're not making an impact and all they're doing is blocking the pathway for the youngsters which he'll yeah who, uh, by all accounts, are playing well. I mean, Carl Edwards is a, has, had a, has had a brilliant six months. Um, long-term listeners will know that I'm a fan of Sam Field and Rakeem Harper as well. Mm-hmm. Now, if these players are just... Um, block, I mean, time is slightly different because there isn't really a right-back. I think, obviously, Kane Wilson's on loan at Warsaw, so um, it's slightly different there. But if, if Sacco and Hulahan are just blocking the pathway for others and not really making an impact why would you sign them and you know what's the point essentially Um, Mm. they need to they need to be making an impact so we're waiting to see what happens with them obviously they've got a decision to make on Houlihan and uh, Mears because their contracts are up in January I think that's partly why Houlihan played 90 minutes for under 23s on Saturday Um, so I could have another look at him and he scored but it was a penalty um, so we wait and see where they go with that um, I'd be surprised if Halford got a deal but I mean Moore has not been shy to, to, to delve into the free the free market already this season so um, you know I wouldn't be I wouldn't be that surprised but, but I think it is mainly more like a, a Martin Craney Nigel Ryokoga situation where if they really impress maybe but um, it's more just a favour yeah
0: Seems seems about right. Um let's quickly touch on Darren Moore as well. a story you published today regarding the Raheem Sterling saga, is it fair to say now? Um it's good to see Darren Moore stepping up and making a comment on this considering Albion's position in the seventies and eighties, they were really were pioneering for black footballers.
1: Yeah, and um the club's got a long celebrated history in that. But also Darren Moore is there's there are only eight um Black and ethnic minority managers in the at the 92 clubs of the top four divisions, mm. and Darren Moore is one of them. Um, so he will, rightly or wrongly, he will end up becoming a spokesperson for the you know the black footballing community just by his by his position. It also has added significance this story for Albion because Tosin bio has been used by Raheem Sterling as an example of um, mistreatment by the media. Yeah, um, you know Sterling put up an Instagram post for those that didn't see it. Um, I think it was on Sunday, might have been on Saturday, of two contrasting articles um, detailing Adra Bio and Phil Foden buying their houses for their mums, mm. um, essentially, and the different ways that that was reported. Um, and Sterling, who was obviously come in for a lot of unfair um, criticism and media attention in his time, um, believes that the, the newspaper industry has a... Has, uh, is culpable for um, some of these uh, racial attacks that have, that have taken place, or alleged racial attacks that have taken place in the last couple of weeks. you obviously got the banana, the skin that was thrown at Aubameyang, and you've got um, the uh, unseemly footage of the Chelsea supporters hurling abuse at, at, at Sterling. Um, yeah. I think Sterling's spot on. I think he's absolutely right. Um, whether consciously or subconsciously, people are influenced by um, things like that by what they read um, and there is an unnecessary and weird hatred towards um, Sterling mm. in this country. Um, I don't know why it is really considering he's a quality player. Well I think it stems from the fact that he when he left Liverpool for Man City and, and a lot of people think oh well he's just chasing the money whereas actually he's just furthering his career there's a few other things that have probably taken place that uh, you know, your, your traditional football fan isn't happy with, but um, actually, what what Sterling has become is almost a. Um, I don't want to go too, on, too too much on about this because it's not really West Brom related, but yeah. he's become essentially um, def, a de facto spokesperson for for black players when he, he this has been forced upon him by a a uh, you know um, an aggressive media campaign. It's not he hasn't chosen to speak to to do this. He's, he he feels obliged to do it because of what's happened, what's taken place because of the abuse that is hurled at him um, it's a sorry state of affairs it's completely unacceptable um, and people in the stands and also in the newspaper industry need to take a long hard look at themselves and, and decide um, how they're going to move forward from this that Darren Moore as today or yeah I think it was yesterday said um, you know this proves that there's still plenty of work to be done mm. um, and he's right and um, you know there is plenty of work you just look at the I mean even in the um, even in his line of work you look at the um, the rates of, of how many managers are black compared to the amount of players there are I mean 33% of players in, in the top four leagues are, are black or ethnic minorities and there's only 8 out of 92 so it's less than 10% Yeah, um, I think the the number of um, black managers who get jobs after their first one is staggeringly low. Yeah. Um, so it's obviously it's obvious something needs to change. It's obvious that I mean the problem is, is there's no wide, wide sweeping cure for this. It it just takes time, education, um, and it happens. It happens hopefully generationally as as people, you know, lose um, lose certain views and, and become a bit more accepting. Um, but when you've got a when you've got a media who are treating Sterling and and Adderabio and other young black players in the way they are, mm. it's not going to happen um, at all. So, yeah, strong words from Sterling. Um, I thought apt words from Adorabio as well. Um, he posted a message of, um, in support of Sterling mm. and also about pretty defiantly just saying that we'll, we'll carry on doing what we're doing um, and also. Strong words from Darren Moore, and he's gonna. Unfortunately for him, because you'd, you'd like this to be completely behind us, but unfortunately for him, he's gonna have to deal. He's gonna have to answer more questions on this throughout his career because um, at the moment he is a, he is a beacon for black managers because um you know uh, above you know in the Premier League above him there's only two Chris Hughton and, and Nuno for Wolves. Yeah. So um, you know he is the third highest black manager in, in England. So he will he will be asked about this constantly and it's a shame that he, it's just it's a shame that he has to be but i suppose um considering Albion's history and legacy with um, you know breaking down barriers um on the pitch mm. um, there is perhaps a um not that it's nice what's the word i'm looking for there is perhaps a, a, co- a correlation there mm. that 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 hopefully Darren can, can can provide and play a similar role in in the dugout
0: yeah, certainly no place for it. Right, let's go on to questions. Um, Paul Chapel has the first one. Do you think we're in the same situation with Sam Johnson as we were with Foster last season? Namely being that there's no serious competition and it's fueling an attitude where he doesn't need to maintain
1: high standards as he won't be dropped. I thought Foster played really well last season. If I'm being honest, I thought he was, a, I thought he was one of the better players the mm. whole season. I mean, there was a number of... Um, games where he was fantastic particularly second half of the season he had a bit of a shaky first half of the season um, I know in the past Tony Pulis is, was was concerned about a lack of um, strong competition to foster from uh, Boaz Myhill it was a, all a bit too much of an old pals act um, but I would be surprised if that was the case now um, because by all accounts Myhill came back and, and uh, really impressed everybody which is why he was given another, another deal and um, really knuckled down and, and showed his worth. So I'd be surprised if that was the case now. You've also got Jonathan Bond, who's a young, hungry goalkeeper. He's probably trying, doing his utmost to uh, to um, you know push Johnson all the way. Mm. Um, I think there are still areas that Johnson needs to work on, but I don't think he's been terrible. I think um, he's, a, he's a good shot stopper. Um, I think there was one against Brentford, which is pretty memorable. Um, Pulled off a couple against Villa as well. There's one from Tammy Abraham dived down low to his right. Yes, there was. That was a good one. Yeah, first half was that? Yeah. yeah that was a good one. Um I think he's a good shot stop. I think he needs to be better in the box in commanding his area, but I don't think he's all I think he's get I think he's slowly getting better at that. Um and his distribution is improving. you know, he he, he now he knows when to kick it, when mm. when just to lump it. I thought against Villa he clipped a few balls to Gibbs quite well. Um you know, and he's got to have players and space for him to, to find as well so I don't think I think the um, I think the criticism of Johnson has been slightly unfair um, or slightly over the top because you've got to remember who's coming after which is arguably West Brom's greatest goalkeeper in their history mm. so if you, if you remember that then yeah I, d- I don't think he's I don't think he's awful um, Do you
0: reckon it's easy to target a goalkeeper when you're not keeping clean sheets as well?
1: Yeah it is yeah it is I mean trying to think of any glaring mistakes. I mean, he's made a couple, of, couple of errors, but um, I mean, either Abi made probably more errors leading to goals in the last few weeks. Mm. So, I mean, but but he, by all accounts, people are quite impressed with him, and so yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, strange one there. Uh, GWBA, what's happening with Carl Edwards? Uh, had a good preseason, but then didn't really get much of a chance because of the 3-4-1-2 not suiting him. Then he actually did all right in the wing-back position once or twice. Now the formation suits him, and he's not even making the subs. I think we've said it
1: before. We'll say it again. Darren Moore seems to prefer experience to youth um, at the moment, and these players have to be good enough to get into the team. Yeah. Um, I would like to see Edwards go out on loan if he's not going to play. Mm. Just send him out on loan. Get, get him a, a, a top League One club. Because he was at Exeter City last year in a League Two, I think. Mm-hmm. Get him a top League One club. Um, was he in were they League Two? I can't remember now. Or, or, or even a, a club at the bottom end of the championship struggling. Um, get him minutes. Get him senior games. I think, he's a, I think he's got loads of potential. I think he learned so much and developed so much at Exeter they need to go out and loan these kids Mm. Um, and as we've said before it is a tough balancing act because what if you suddenly get hit with injuries there's no recall option now so if you send them out and loan they're there for this season I appreciate it's difficult but unfortunately if they don't fix it there's just going to be a whole swathe of promising youngsters who never realise their potential or they leave the club and go away and get games and develop elsewhere, and then come back to haunt them. I mean, Kimar Roof was one that. I mean, it's like Roof was slightly different because he went to League Two with Albion, win the Premier League, so he's he's worked his way up. And, yeah. But you know he, yeah, slightly different. But he's a different player now to what he was then. But yes, I agree. Edwards and Fields and Harper. Harper's a bit younger, but they need minutes. Give them senior minutes. Send them out on
0: Yeah, Felicity Ellen. The midfield and defence got overrun against Villa, and we seem so second best. Any news of any midfielder or right back coming in on loan in January? If not, I can't see us going up.
1: i be mean, well. I don't know if they got overrun.
0: Um, they created chances Villa, but I wouldn't say, say I wouldn't say it was wave would... after wave from Villa. There was a period where you thought they might get a third.
1: There was a period in the second. Yeah, after they got their second goal, they they they.
0: Albion were rattled
1: yeah they turned the screw and I thought they were going to go on to win it but um, I, as I said earlier I think they do need a, uh, you know a sort of a midfielder in his prime you know they've got too many midfielders in their late 30s and, and and then you've got Sam Field at the other end so they need someone who's 25 26 27 you know, like Matt Phillips in their prime dynamic willing to go box to box um, and as for a right back yeah, as I said they need, they need a specialist right back as well uh, although they have got Adrobio, Mears, and Dawson who can play there, but yeah, I, I I would agree those would be the areas that I'd be looking at in January.
0: Mm, Callum Haywood, uh, is Dwight Gale wasted in the wide position. It works with Hal Robson-Kanu, but Gale should be playing more centrally. Maybe moving J Rod wide whilst Hal Robson-Kanu is out.
1: Yeah, I I think that's that's not a bad idea. The only thing the only thing I would say is that sometimes Rodriguez drops in. In that central position, and they and almost leaves Barnes and Gale up front as the front two. And Rodriguez drops into midfield to help out as almost like a diamond. Could Gale do that? I don't know, maybe he could. Um, it and they were they were seem to be they seemed to leave Gale and on, on um, Neil Taylor, um, against Villa because I think they wanted to spin him or, or something. I mean. I think it depends maybe on the opposition. But yes, I, I completely understand why you would do that because Rodriguez has history playing out wide. And Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. And you want Gale in the box if you can. You don't want him whipping balls in. Mm. So yeah, I can completely understand why you would think that.
0: Uh, Paul Chappell again. Um, what is your opinion on Tosin? Gradually getting better, but has cost us three goals in recent weeks. Seems to have a mistake in him. Is lack of concentration also an issue?
1: I think he summed him up there for me. I mean, I think he's a very promising young player with lots of talent. Um, but yeah like I said earlier he, he has made mistakes recently um, he looks very pleasing on the eye he is young so and he's playing in, in a tough position it's not his natural position it's also at the back so when Harvey Barnes makes a mistake it's not as costly mm. do you know what I mean yeah um, whereas when Tosin makes a mistake it is or it seems to be um, it's more likely to be punished so give him the benefit of the doubt there he's, he's playing out of position I think he's He's done well in the main, but yes, he does have a mistake in him, um, whereas uh, you know, the rest of the back line, mind you, Higarzi has a mistake in him as well. But yeah, I think he, I think Paul's answered his own question there. He summed it up pretty well.
0: Mm. And finally, Dan Carpenter, um, what is slash was the point of signing Sacco? He rarely makes the bench when fit, and even against the Villa when he was on the bench, he's seemingly behind Ollie Burke in the pecking order. Is he really unfit? Does Moore not trust him, or did we sign him simply to keep others from getting him?
1: I don't think it's the last one because
0: I don't know why you. If he's that. no good, then yeah, you'd you want another team to have him. Yeah, I don't
1: know why. know yeah, the last one's not right. I, mean, I think it's a valid question. As we said earlier, what 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 is the point of of these? Well, maybe not Mears because he's providing cover in, in, in a position that there isn't cover. But I think the big issue with Saku is probably the most expensive one. Well, and he's got a, and he's got a, he's got a contract till in the season whereas the other two are, out, are it's out of contract in January but Sacco I mean for me he was dreadful against Hull and you know, I'm yet to see I'm mean, to see the fruits of that signing and why they did it um, we wait and see I mean there's, it's a long season He might have an impact but um, not yet mm, that's
0: it um, maybe one you'll see a little bit more of later on in the season right let's finish with um, our preview of Sheffield United quickly um, I know you haven't done your research just yet being so early in the week but it'll be a tough test for Albion. And, um, and the work that Chris Wilder's done really uh, can't be underrated can it
1: no I mean he's fantastic uh, His the way he climbed through the leagues leagues, his win percentage where was he before Sheffield United was it Northampton you know, I believe so um, oh, I can't remember now but he got promoted from, I think it was Northampton got promoted from League 2 then joined Sheffield United obviously boyhood club club he supports Got them promoted from League One, and they've been fantastic um, last season and this season. And, and now they're in the mix to go up. It's fairy tale stuff. He's a, he seems like a very good manager, very astute manager, very bright manager. Um, and yeah it's not going to be easy by any stretch. But Albion should have enough quality to at least make a game of it. And mm. They've got the, the squad they've got. They should have enough to to at least go toe to toe with with Sheffield United. But um, I you know, you wouldn't be surprised if, if the home side came out on top.
0: Yeah, they could do damage. I mean, they—I know it was against it was against Villa when Bruce was in charge, but I mean, they absolutely demolished Villa at Bramall Lane. So it's not the easiest place in the world to go. Do you reckon Albion can go and expect to try and try and challenge
1: for three points, or do you reckon they'd be happy with a point? Um, I think you've got to go and try and win every game because otherwise you won't go up. Um, but. I think you probably would take a point now. Um the only problem is is that that puts pressure on the Rotherham game. because then you need to win that and that's not easy either. Um away at Rotherham. Yeah. So um I think I think with the squad they've got, they've got a look to win every game. Yeah. I think they should be. And the way they're playing as well, they're playing playing all right at the moment. We're not it's not as jittery as it was at the start at the start of the season or even Um, in the midpoint um, quarter of the way through so they're doing all right. I think they've got to go and look to do another statement victory like they've got against Leeds
0: yeah clean sheet will be hard to keep with someone like Billy Sharp as well playing he's scored a lot of goals so far I think he's on 10 or 11 goals Um, can we could we hope for a clean sheet or is it too much to ask I think you can hope for one
1: it's going to be difficult away from home at Sheffield United Um, but I think you can hope for one I think there is one coming. I mean, they didn't look very near to get one at Villa, against Villa, but before that, it was on the you know they're on the cusp of one. So Villa's a tough one as well because they're scoring a lot of goals as well under Dean Smith. Yeah, and it's a derby and it's you know it's difficult. But I don't know. I mean, I, in some ways, I can't call this. I wouldn't be surprised if either team won or if or if it was a draw because it, it's just two and it's no it's another great game between two of the you know maybe not heavyweights but two. Teams going for promotion, going for top mm. six.
0: Well, I'm going to ask for a prediction anyway, even though you just told me you didn't know what to oh, expect.
1: So. Um, I'll go for another draw. I think it might be a, another one or two or something. Yeah,
0: um, I'm, I'm probably on the same boat with you. Yeah. Score draw. Yeah. Score draw. Score draw. That's what I have. Right. Competition time. Um. Didn't happen last weekend, but we'll try again. As always, for those who don't listen regularly, this competition uh, we'll pick three games anytime, goal scorers from each game, and then we'll pick one lucky listener to have a chance at winning an Albion shirt if those three goal scorers happen to find the net this weekend. First game Albion versus Sheffield United, Matt. Come on, hit me with a goal scorer anytime. Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale. Uh, Villa versus Stoke. Tammy Abraham. Tammy Abraham. Hopefully no more missed sitters for him. Yeah. Uh, and Blackburn versus Blues.
1: Uh, Bradley Deck.
0: Bradley all solid choices, Matt. All solid choices. Well, I just about does it unless you've got anything else to add about Sheffield United or anything else.
1: Uh, no, I think I'm all done.
0: All done. There we go. So, thank you, Matt, for joining us today. That's all right. Thank you. And thank you to everyone for listening. We will catch you after the game against the Blades.